This is Leah Burkhart with Check Yourself. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping and logistics here. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Alyssa Geyser, another health educator on our team. Alyssa has a really interesting background. She started her academic journey in the field of business, which evolved into an interest in health education, a process she'll talk about in our conversation. In our discussion, we're basically talking about the mechanics of behavior change. And I just wanted to, as a brief introduction, uh, we reference a few things that I wanted to clarify so that when it comes up in the episode, uh, our listeners won't get lost. So one thing we reference is IMB model. So that's information, motivation, and behavioral skills. Basically, it's an acronym, IMB, that is set up to be the equation that is required for a successful long-term behavior change. As an example, if I want to lose weight, I need to know uh, the right information. So in the case of weight loss, it would be I need to eat fewer calories, eat more nutrient-dense foods, and I need to move more. So there's the information part. I'll also need a motive. What's my why? What's in it for me? Maybe in my case, uh, let's say I noticed that I had more knee pain and that the knee pain was correlated with a time period when I was gaining weight. I might then want to explore weight loss to see if that would have any impact on my joint pain. Most people don't have trouble with those two, by the way. Most are challenged with that last one, the behavioral skills, creating that ecosystem that makes for those, those changes lasting the long term. The book we primarily reference in the episode is called Living Smart, Five Essential Skills to Change Your Health by Sherry Pruitt and Joshua Klapow, or perhaps Klapow. Hope I'm pronouncing it right either way. Uh, so if you happen to live locally and are interested in checking the book out from our library, you can find us at Salem Health Hospital in Salem, Oregon. We are in Building D, and we're also doing curbside pickup for those who might be nervous about actually coming in person through our doors. I think that just about takes care of housekeeping and logistics. So with that, I bring you Alyssa Geyser. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Check Yourself, a health and wellness podcast aimed at helping you create your best life. Okay. So hello. I'm here with Alyssa Geyser. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. Um, so yeah, before we get started, why don't we begin by going into a little bit about yourself? Um, like what is your role at the check? We can start there. Sure. So I am a health educator, uh, at the check and I have been there for goodness. I think I just had my three year review, um, in November. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it's wild how fast time goes by and it's like you're counting your age. You're like, how old am I? How long have I been here? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At some point you just forget. But yeah, <laughs> I've been there for about three years. Um, love it. I love the team that I work with. Uh, love the, all the different um, projects and classes I can have my hands on. Um, and I recently just became certified as a childbirth educator. So I teach um, childbirth education classes and help with outreach and community partnerships. And yeah, it's great. It's quite a, a sort of 
I was going to say list, but I guess scroll. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I think that's one of the best parts about our jobs is we get to have our hands on so many different things and our work is constantly changing. I know for some people that might not be their jam, um, but for me, I totally love it. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. How did you like... So I know you said it's not really for everybody, but it, it's working well for you. Um, how did you find yourself in health education? Yeah, so like I'm sure many others can relate, I went into college having zero idea what I wanted to do. Um, and so I decided to make my major business because my mom owned her own business while I had no interest in taking over her business. Um, I knew I was good at it. I had taken some business classes in high school. So I had some level of interest generally. I knew it was broad enough that I could decide my career path later. Um, And I knew I was sort of good at it. So that's the route I took. Um, About a year into college, I decided to get involved with a leadership team. It was called the Peer Mentors, Mm -hmm. and it was a group of students who um, went into the freshman dorm room, dorm halls, and taught about health education topics and sort of mentored a hall or two um, throughout the course of the year and planned certain health-related events throughout the year for them and just sort of was there relationally and as a resource to provide information for them. And so that really um, was my entry point within health education. Uh, my supervisor within that uh, team really became my mentor. And so I decided mm-hmm. to stick with that group for the rest of my three years in college and grew with it um, in leadership of the team. And so that was really eye opening. And then, um, so then I started taking health classes. And me being the uh, determined, stubbornly persistent person that I am, I didn't want to change my major like many others do and spend longer in college than I needed to. So I just decided to finish my degree in business, minor in health, still complete my degree in four years and just go straight to my master's, which is not necessarily the path that most would recommend. But considering I knew I couldn't get a job in health education with just a minor in health, um, I needed that that master's in order to actually go into the career path I desired then at that point. So then I ended up getting my master's in public health uh, with a focus on health promotion and health behavior. So That's awesome. And it, it didn't ever occur to you to like create a business in the health arena? Oh, sure. I would say it still occurs to me from time to time. And, you know, I'm always thinking about what I could do. Um, And, you know, I would imagine that I would do something eventually. But I think right now um, I'm just sort of enjoying the time of my life that I'm in right now, Um, you know, starting a family and um, seeing what opportunities Salem Health has to offer me and just grow my experience in health education there that I haven't sought anything out yet. Hmm. Makes sense. Wow. Well, so in thinking about these two versions of yourself, because you do have sort of this business-minded temperament, and so I imagine that comes through in your life. Like, do you find yourself managing at your in your home? As <laughs> is that does that ever come up at all? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would say I'm a pretty organized person. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I coordinate my work life, I pretty much uh, coordinate my personal life as well. And so anytime, anytime my husband's trying to do something, he's like, hey, you know, my buddy wants to go out this day. He's like, hold on, let me ask, honey, do we have anything going on that day? And I'm like, nope, or yep, we have this. And so I'm pretty much manage the calendar <laughs> for the both of us by his own accord. And um, just like to, I do like to plan things both personally and in my professional life. So yeah, and I, I would say those traits of me certainly cross both areas of my life. Does that help you with your own personal self-care at all? Like when you're engaging in like health practices that you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to walk your talk, does that help you? Mm-hmm. Um, sure, because I have to, you know, now starting to have a family, I do have to sort of plan my times to like go to the gym, so to speak. Mm. Um, and I can't on a whim, you know, after work, just go inside and do something because I got to be home and take care of my kid now. And so, um, it's definitely been a learning curve to figure out, um, how and when to make time for myself. My, my kid just turned a year, um, in October. And so I'd say I'm still learning, but this past year with him has definitely been a learning curve and figuring out when and how to prioritize myself to sort of walk the talk, so to speak. (laughs) Um, but my me time is important to me. So, um, and my husband knows it. So we do our best to make sure that that's prioritized as well. That's awesome. What would you say is the greatest challenge or maybe barrier to that, if any, come to mind as it relates to taking care of yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, I get so wrapped up into taking care of those around me that I can become the last priority. Um, But it definitely does affect my mental health. And I think those who know me well can see that. And so that's when they really have to sit me down and be like, you need to um, find time to go do something for yourself, whatever that is, what can I do to help you do that? And so, um, you know, if it gets to that point, certainly those people are there to knock me down, so to speak, and, and make sure I'm making time for myself. But, um, in order to avoid getting to that space, um, I definitely just try to make sure I'm working it in and, and others in my life help support me in doing that. So it's always helpful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it segues so perfectly into, I know our discussion topic for the day was this idea of smart skills. And I'm curious, are there, I think we'll start with what you're already doing, the kinds of things, whether it's exercise or, or like the things that you've just mentioned that when you, when your people sit you down and say, listen, toots, <laughs> we're going to need you to, we, we need you to take you time. However that looks, um, what are things that you have to put in place to do those self-care practices. So this is assuming that the people around you are supporting you. What other things do you need to put in place to make it easier to actually do it? Yeah, no, it's super interesting that you asked that because I've been thinking about that, knowing that this this podcast was coming and I was going to be asked, you know, what are your goals, Alyssa? What are you working towards? And I was like, oh, gosh. What am I working towards? (laughs) Um, But 
generally speaking, exercise is my primary outlet for self-care um, and just feeling that sense of relief and, you know, your body feels so good afterwards, mentally, physically, all the above. And um, it's looked so different this year for multiple <laughs> reasons, right? Uh -huh. um, you know, the closures, COVID, um, you know, gyms are open, they're closed, they're open, they're closed. Mm -hmm. That's definitely um, played a role because currently right now, as we record this, they're closed. Um, and so my goal to be active has been more challenging um, right now. And I've had to look at other ways of, of doing that. And so I've gotten into the Peloton bikes at work and I, I love taking my kid and my dog out for walks. Um, but they definitely know I'm not where I like to be. You know, generally speaking, I try to work out um, like moderate to vigorous working out <laughs> three times a week. And when the gyms are open, you know, I can plan for that. Um, considering they're not open right now, it's been a bit harder. Um, but again, I still have to prioritize that somehow, some way, um, just cause I know once I do do it, I feel better, um, yeah. in more ways than one. So, yeah, it's like, oh, when I do human things, I feel like a human. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's nice to hear the human component of what that looks like on the ground. Cause I think, you know, what I love about the book that we're talking about today, living smart, uh, by Sherry Pruitt, uh, she she does a nice job of using, this is sort of like the academic wonky part of it, where it's like, okay, we're using the IMB model. So for any change, you need to have enough information to do the thing. Like, what is the thing you need to do? And then you need to know what is motivating you. And then you need to have behavioral skills, like a, an ecosystem kind of set up to support your, your goals and making them a, a success. And so it's neat because in your case, or I guess our privilege as health educators is we definitely know the information. Like, exercise is good for you. <laughs> here's how, here's why, and all of that. Um, and in age of Google, I, I would venture to say just about anyone can get access to that information though. So as health educators, I find that we're spending more and more of our time in those next two, like trying to get people to answer Okay, well, what's motivating you to want to exercise? What are you getting out of it? And then what are the skills you're, you're going to need to make it come to fruition? So what would you say are your primary? I mean, you've hinted to it and like you've said some of it, but just in a more direct way, what would you say is motivating you to exercise when you decide to put that into a plan? The way I feel afterwards, yeah. truly and simply is as simple as that. Um, just mentally and physically, I feel better when I'm active. Nice. Okay. And so then in getting to the skills part of it, it's, we, the, the book is called Living Smart. Um, you probably know this and looking at it. Does that, is it sort of implying that living any other way is dumb? Like, is that why they're saying that it's smart? Or what do you know about the reason why it's called smart? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was looking at that. Um, and it's funny because like you just said, people know what they need to do, but it's a matter of finding out what their why is. Why, why do they want to do it for themselves? And they kind of put it in the same terms of like, the secret is, is common sense, right? It's not really that secret. But if people just simply follow the steps, they're gonna be more successful 
than what they don't at all, which is so true because earlier this year, um, you know, as a team at work, we tried doing what we called the cooped up COVID 30 day challenge. Mm-hmm. And it was really just to set goals, kind of like, like these skills, set goals. We, we monitored our progress. Um, you know, we had like a chart, we were able to check off each day, whether we were successful or not. Um, we had support, we were arranging our environment for success. And then we had to, um, we treated ourselves if we completed our goal at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so people's likelihood of being successful, if they sort of follow these skills is going to be higher. Whereas I know right now when we're not doing it, um, I'm not even really tracking when or how often I'm being active. I can guarantee you I'm not meeting my goal right now and I'm not being mm. as successful as I was back then. So it, it people know what they need to be doing. They just need to um, put purpose behind that why and prioritize it for themselves. No one else can do that for you. Yeah, no, that's really well put. And I do love to, you basically just covered all of them because you know, it's, I, it's almost unfortunate that, so it's put in an acronym in the book. Once again, really quickly, it's like, you need information, but you don't need that much. And in an age of Google, we all are inundated with way, way more information than we need. So that's not the problem. You do need to know your why. So what, what's motivating you? Sure. So I want to feel better or I want to have more energy for my kids or whatever. And then it's, okay, well, what are the skills? And so they organize it as smart skills. Now, I'm sure a lot of people who, like yourself, have been in business are really familiar with smart goals. And this is kind of obnoxious because now this is smart skills. (laughs) So I don't think it was especially smart that they decided to use the same acronym. But in organizing it, there's set a goal a specific one. So instead of it just being, I'm going to exercise more, because you said that really well. It's like, you're not tracking what it is you're doing. You know, you like to exercise, you know how good you feel when you're done, but do you have specific goals or actions that you're trying to put in place to get you to what your goal is? And then the measuring part of it. So you, you had talked about how as a group in our office, one of our colleagues said, Hey, it's a cooped up COVID challenge. And unknowingly, she kind of created this whole thing based on this science. Like we had a specific goal. We all got to decide a singular goal we wanted to work on for 30 days straight. And then it was measure your progress. Well, the way we were measuring it was we had a little chart in in the, the kitchen that we would check off anytime we did the thing we said we were gonna do. So it's like, it doesn't have to be sophisticated but having something to measure our progress turns out is super important. And then there's arranging your environment. So it's all cute to say, I'm going to exercise more, but if you don't know where your tennis shoes are, or if you haven't done your laundry that week, or you, the gym isn't open anymore. And now you have to figure out how to do it in your home. It's going to be more challenging. So it's like setting your, your environment up so that it's the easier thing to do. Then there's recruit support. And then, like you just mentioned, the cooped up COVID challenge we had, we were doing it as a group and we were all able to kind of look at each other's chart. And, you know, for those who are achievement oriented, we got to go in there and see, huh, look at that. Like she's doing better than I am. So maybe if there were some more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not aggressive, but competitive. So like if some of those of us who had a competitive streak, we could look at the other person and be like, no, I'm going to get it. Um, And for other people, it was just a question of having support, like, oh, good, I'm not the only one who's doing a thing for this stretch. 
And then the treat yourself is like rewarding your efforts. And I guess for us, I think the reward was, you know, being able to check off on the list and just kind of share our experience with each other. But I'm curious, because I know for me personally, I don't know about for you, but for me, I would say the one I have the hardest time with when I'm doing my personal goals is the treat yourself, like figuring out a reward. Which one would you say is the most challenging? Man, I think I'd have to agree. Um, because I think I think that's a good concept, though, to think about. Like, does it have to be... I don't think it has to be a physical item that you're treating yourself with, right? It could just be like a refreshed frame of mind, right? Which is what I get when I work out, right? You got those endorphins flowing. You just feel good. Maybe that is the treat in and of itself. Um, I also know that I tend to reward myself with a delicious protein bar after my workouts. Um, and so I think, I think that's important to distinguish. I don't think it has to be a physical, tangible item unless that's what motivates you. Um, but I do know in, and when they talk about the smart skills, the treat yourself category, it has to be something that you can do every single time. Um, so I think generally people go towards that physical, tangible item because they don't know how else to treat themselves. Um, and you can't, or most people, I know I can't, um, I wouldn't be able to buy myself that thing every single time that I, especially if it's behavior trying to do every day, like, um, like our coworkers goal for that was to make her bed every morning. And so it would need to be something that you could do every day. So if it is monetary related, the recommendation is to, like, can you transfer, you know, like a dollar every time you do the behavior mm-hmm. over to a certain account? And then once you get enough money, if you want a massage or a new shirt or a new pair of shoes, then you can use that money to go buy yourself said thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's the most challenging one, which is so funny. That should be the best one. Treat yourself. You, yeah, treat yourself. I know. You think so, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so if we were to walk through this whole thing, then like, I'm curious, do you have any New Year's resolutions like in your back pocket that you're aiming for? I mean, given our bandwidth being as low as I'm sure it is, uh, I'm making assumptions for you right now, obviously, but any that come yeah. to mind for you? You know, I haven't put a ton of thought into it. I'm not super gung-ho with the New Year's resolution um sort of bandwagon I sort of feel I can create a goal for myself at any point Hmm. in here so I don't put a lot of weight towards January being the time Mm -hmm. um certainly I'm I would say I'm still working always on my goal to to exercise as frequently as I'd like to um especially with the gyms being closed right now I just know that that's simply not happening um but I so then I think a better goal then might be to just um, establish a routine again. Hmm. Um, I think I've sort of gotten out of that. Um, and now that now that classes are beginning in January, sort of that work routine will be reestablished. Um, my, my kid is now uh, fully settled in daycare. And mm-hmm. so that's established. 
Um, you know, I can tie in what, what the heck my exercise routine is going to be in there. I think I'm a creature of habit. So just having that routine, um, will probably be my goal. Um, and then my husband's goal is to reduce his sugar intake, which therefore will become in part my goal because in me supporting him in us arranging our environment for success, mm-hmm. um, even if that's not a hundred percent my goal, I know that I will likely be reducing my sugar intake as well, which is why I've developed a hobby of making bread instead. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> So like, what are we just for the sake of someone listening to this and trying to remember all of the different things like we, why don't we try walking through like a specific yeah. thing and then kind of going through each of these? Um, would you prefer to use your goal around exercise or your husband's around sugar? Like which one, if you were to pick one, um, do you want to play with? Let's do the exercise um, or yeah, the exercise goal just since that's mine. Okay. Excellent. So then if you were to set a specific goal around exercise, I know you said building your routine, but paint me a picture of what done would look like. Right. So ideally in a perfect world, I'd be exercising three times a week. And that is the moderate to vigorous form of exercise. Could be riding the Peloton bike. It could be attending an exercise class, Mm -hmm. um, but getting that higher intensity. And just a sidestep here for those who are, will hear those words and are just like, I don't know the difference between rigorous and like moderate and mild. Like how, if, if I'm not a frequent exerciser, how would I know experientially each of those? Like, is there any signifiers where I could be like, ah, now I'm doing something rigorous or eh, this is mild. <laughs> um, you're getting your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it can be more challenging to talk while doing said activity. Mm. Um, your breathing, so you're breathing heavier. Okay. Getting that, that good pump in. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. That's super helpful. So then it's exercise three times a week. And did you say a time? It might've gone in one ear and out the other. How much time would you want to be spending each time? I didn't, but that's a good point. Um, 30 minutes. Okay. Awesome. So then that brings us into the next one. So that's set a goal. And the next one's measure your progress. So how would you go about measuring your progress? That's the one I wouldn't say I'm excellent at, um, but I will put it on my calendar because like I said, um, I have to sort of plan ahead when I'm going to be able to fit my workouts in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to sort of commit myself, cause I'd hate to put it on my calendar and then not accomplish said mm-hmm. task. Um, that would be the best way for me to measure my progress. Awesome. Okay. And then how will you be arranging your environment to accommodate what's now on your calendar? Um, ideally for me, that's a gym membership. <laughs> um, but also we have held access to Peloton bikes that work. Um, and my gym has been really good about posting exercise classes virtually. So I know I have the, the tools and resources available to me to use. Okay. So then when it's on your schedule, 
what is it that prompts you to follow your schedule? Are you just someone who naturally, like, are you, do you kind of live by your calendar and that's why it, that's a part of arranging your environment? Or are there any bells and whistles that go off to alert to you, like, it's time to move? Or I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I think just sort of putting it on my calendar commits commits me and it would be challenging for me to not complete that if, it, <laughs> if I had committed myself. Yeah, it's like sort of when I bring my workout clothes to work, I better be bringing them back home dirty, not still clean, folded up <laughs> in my bag. Yes. But, oh, the joys of when, the, when the, the inner achiever comes out. It's like, yes, in this one instance, it serves me. <laughs> right. And how about, so that's set a goal, measure progress, arrange your environment. And then what about recruit support? Like who would you be recruiting to help support you in making that endeavor a reality? Yeah, I, I know definitely I've um, developed some relationships with the gym that I go to um, that have been very supportive and sort of keep me going and excited to be there um, certain days and times when I know the others are there and can help motivate me. Um, now when I don't have that, I tend to call my husband if I'm feeling a lack of motivation, he is my true support. And so if I, I'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling it today, but I, I feel bad making that decision for myself. I want it to be justified. So then I'll call my husband. I'll be like, what do you think I should do? And he's like, oh, he'll tell me to go exercise hundred percent every time. And secretly I know that <laughs> sometimes I just need to call and hear him say it like, no, go get after it. You've got this, have a great workout. We'll see you afterwards when you get it done. And so Aww. sometimes just hearing that is, is helpful. And you're like, ah, oh, okay. Even though you may not want to in the moment, you go and bust it out and you feel so much better afterwards. Oh yeah, for sure. And how nice that it's not, uh, yeah, get off your fat tush and definitely exercise because I'll be judging you. It's much more just coming from a place of like, no, you got this. I know yeah. you want to do it. You know you want to do it. We both know you want to go. Just do it. <laughs> right. I'm like, ah, okay, fine. Here I go. And then what about treat yourself? Like what is the reward that you could rely on or you could lean on that you get afterwards. So you've done the workout. What is the treat yourself? Yeah. So mentally, I think the reward is just like I mentioned before, the, the refreshed frame of mind, mm. um, you know, the endorphins I have going. So you get a, a sort of spurt of energy. It's like, man, I've had a great day and I can go accomplish all things now. Um, and then that physical treat tends to be, my protein bar, which I find so delicious, <laughs> but I won't have, it's not my snack bar. So I won't, I won't have my protein bar unless I actually worked out. Nice. So it's almost like a, and plus it's nice because the extra protein, as we both know, is helpful for after workouts. So like, mm -hmm. like having something that's more on the carb side is good before the workout and having something more on the protein side is good for after the workout. So it's sort of killing two stones with one bird, as I like to say. Exactly. I don't feel bad about it. It's great. <laughs> nice. So then in terms of like looking at all of these things moving forward, I know you said you're not really a New Year's resolution type. I, I don't know if your husband is or if it just so happens that his, his goal around sugar fell 
just happened to fall near January. I don't really know, but I do think it's really neat that you even said, yeah, well, since he's got that goal, I mean, in, in an effort to support him, I also will be ipso facto <laughs> eating less sugar. I think that was a really beautiful example of how powerful have that whole recruit support piece really is. Because, you know, I think there was research I read where it said if, as an example, if I were to gain weight or lose weight, the people in my social circle would be 50% more likely to follow suit in whichever direction. And what they said was, you know, there's several reasons for it. One of them being, well, birds of a feather flock together. Like the kinds of people who spend time together will be doing the same kinds of things together when they're present with one another. So if it's, if my friend decides to go to the gym more often and she says, hey, come with me, and I do, well, that's probably gonna lead to me having increased fitness right alongside her. And so it's kind of neat that what you're just describing here, your husband is you know, affirming your goals and saying, yeah, go get it. And then on the flip side, when he says, okay, I've got to cut sugar out of my system, your response is, okay, well then I will too, because we're going to arrange our world and not have sugar, which means I don't get to have it either. <laughs> Bummer. And <laughs> then therefore you both end up benefiting. Benefiting, I'm putting in quotation marks, <laughs> depending on how you review it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's really good to have those relationships and be able to have folks around you that can support you towards your goals. Um, and, and being able just to create goals, I think, no matter what time of the year it is, it, it's truly super helpful. And, and it's why these skills are shown to be so successful, mm-hmm. um, is that if you just simply follow them, and they mean all of them, not just two of them, Mm-hmm. Um, it increases your chances of being successful in accomplishing said goal that you have. Yeah, terrific. Well, before we close for today, are there any thoughts or remarks or like any piece, other pieces that we didn't cover that you just kind of want to bring to the table before, again, before we close shop? Yeah, I would just say, um, don't think you have to do it all at one time. Um, certainly, you know, if you're starting, if you're starting to put pen to paper and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's my goal? Um, you don't have to make this sort of laundry list of, well, I need to work out more and I need to be eating better and I need to drink more water. And, oh yeah, that reminds me, I need to do this, this, and this, and this. Um, that's super overwhelming for anybody. Um, and so know that it's perfectly normal and healthy to just take it one small step at a time, one small goal at a time. Um, and that's only going to help you to be more successful as well. Um, so wherever you're at, just, um, start small and take that head on first. It could just be, um, you know, I just want to work out one time a week and accomplish that first. And then, okay, now my goal is to work out twice a week and then go there. So you, you have to think about where you're starting and what you're trying to get to. And if that's too big of a leap, then start smaller and that's okay. Um, but really that's gonna help you to really be more successful, really learning to adapt your lifestyle um, and focus on that. And it'll be more sustainable as well. Really nicely said. Yeah, cause I think that's, at least for me personally, whenever I've engaged in like coaching sessions one-on-one or 
I mean, in anything ranging from health to business, it doesn't really matter. Uh, one of the most common traps, I'll say, that people fall into is the, uh, you know, I have to do it all and I have to do it right now. So, right. and in most people, it's ironic because most people who are experts in whatever field they might be an expert in, so whether that's I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, or it doesn't have to even be an occupation. It could just be I'm a chess master or I'm a, you know, there's a thing that I'm really good at in my life. With very few exceptions, that was something that took time to build. It's not like I went from zero to 60. I didn't learn all of chess and become a master overnight. I didn't learn a language overnight. And yet when they embark on something new, the desire or the hunger to want to just be an expert right now and just get there is real. <laughs> like the, the, it's not even the struggle. It's like that the hunger. I just want to have it done. And I mm -hmm. think I think a lot of people forget that health is there is no done. Like there's no mm -hmm. done with taking care of yourself. It's all about just trying to be deliberate and do mm -hmm. one thing that makes life feel a little bit better or makes you hurt a little bit less mm -hmm. how are you coming from so it's yeah it's exactly why i'm okay with the fact that exercise has been my goal for over a year now and that's okay <laughs> um same with drinking water right it's mm -hmm. like all these things you can't just forget them <laughs> you have to still put effort towards that um, if you're listening to this locally and you're interested in some resources you want to learn more still about living smart um, we do have a couple copies of this book at the Community Health Education Center, um, the Czech and Salem Hospital. Um, we're in Building D on the first floor. And we're even doing curbside pickup if you don't want to come inside. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, we'd love to see you. Um, no matter what your goal is, we have lots of resources um, within our library um, that could be useful for you. And we'd be happy to show you around and help direct you to some, some good reads that help you towards your goal. Awesome. And then I would just add to that, uh, if you don't know where we are or you just want to talk to someone or you just want to kind of browse some of our resources online, you can find us online at www.salemhealth.org slash check, C-H-E-C. Uh, or you can call us at 503-814-2432 or check. <laughs> so... Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Alyssa. This was great. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Take good care. <laughs> yep.